0: Hello Sunshine Human and welcome to this week's episode of the Sunshine Project podcast. My name is Chloe, I am your host and as always I am so chuffed to be here and I'm very excited to be recording this week's episode because we are talking about something a little bit spicy a little bit controversial, something that everyone has an opinion on, and something that consumes a lot of my life, if I'm honest. We are talking about social media. Now, when I say I live on social media, I'm not joking. It is essentially my workplace. It is a part of my home. I spend as much time on social media, oh my goodness, as I do off of it. I don't exactly mean I sit there for 14 hours a day scrolling. I just mean I vlog a lot of my life. I share a lot of my life. I grew up in that funny little in-between where I'm not native to social media. I didn't grow up with an iPad. I joined right in the MySpace era. And while I'm very glad that I didn't grow up in a time where everything his shared to social media. I do sometimes look back at my Facebook statuses from 2010 and want to curl up and die. So I'm one of those people. But while I'm not native, I am fluent in all things social media. As I mentioned, I've worked in it forever, about a decade, which is when I left school. I've run it for myself, I've run it for businesses, I've run workshops for huge government organizations and small community organizations and businesses and all of that. But that is to say that I am part of perhaps the first generation that really understands that just log off does not exist as a solution. And I'm not here to tell you to just log off today because I believe there is the good with the bad i know everyone thinks something about this but it is the sunshine project it is meant to feel like i'm sitting across a table from you and we're having a chat and we're holding our cuppers our coffees or our teas or our oat milk mockers, or whatever fills our cup and we are just delving into it and today around social media we're going to be talking about how to exist in that space with peace And with balance, and how to find joy there, and how to make content, and how to make money on social media if that's your thing. So let's do that. As you know, if you've listened before, we do start every episode of the Sunshine Project with a mindful moment, and this is no exception. So I urge you to snuggle up into whatever you're doing, close your eyes. If it's safe to do so, take a deep breath in and a deep breath out and again and settle into our mindful moment. The truth is that social media is a complicated web. There are so many thoughts and feelings wrapped up in all of it and however you feel about your social media, you probably are well aware that you are not your highlight reel. Despite the pressure born of comparison of this is what their life looks like, why doesn't mine look like that, despite what you post, you're not as shiny as all of that. You are messier and you are madder and you are more boring and you are funnier and you are more magic than that space could ever hold. With understanding of the hold that social media can have on us comes guilt. Guilt about how much time we spend there. Guilt about what we share, guilt about what we don't share, guilt about our expectations and our reality and we are letting go of all of that today. So we're going to take another deep breath out, breathe out everything you're holding in, move those shoulders Let go of the tension and let go of the guilt. We are letting go of that today. Keep breathing those slow, deep, drawn out breaths and know in your heart of hearts that it's okay to love social media, it's okay to hate social media. It's okay to feel inexplicably drawn to it. It's okay to hold yourself up against standards, and bodies, and lifestyles which might not be real, or which might be real, but might not be real for you. Because it's human to feel that way. I want you to know that there's still time to get a hold of all of this all of these feelings and all of this chaos and to walk into the space that is social media with clear eyes and a head held high and a heart that's full of only the good stuff. (sighs) That, my love, is this week's mindful moment. So in a move that you're probably used to by now, I have broken this week's episode into a few different segments. We're going to talk about how to make social media a happy place. We're going to talk about how to create, how to create content, how to make money. I am not going to bring you into any business structure. I do not have any work for me and you'll make a million dollars advice. There's none of that. There's no onboarding. There's no click funneling but we're going to talk about how to create. I'm going to run through some question and answers as asked by you in my Instagram stories, and they are so nosy and I love them. And we're going to talk about how to disconnect from social media as well in a way that means that we can enjoy being on platforms and we can enjoy being away from them. So part one of this episode is how to make it a happy place. And the first thing you need to know is that I really enjoy social media. And that's not born of anything particularly special. I've just worked really hard to make it a place that I enjoy. And I'm going to share all of that with you too. That will hopefully help you find some golden goodness in it as well. My number one rule, point blank, is you control what you consume. Yes, I understand that algorithms throw you things you might not want to see. Yes, I understand that your uncle might churn out problematic Facebook statuses. I understand that the bodies on Instagram make you feel all sorts of wobbly about yours. I understand that after a few hours of scrolling on TikTok, your mind might be full of despair, but the truth is you are far more in control than you would be led to believe. Because these tricky algorithms do exist and it's a widely known fact now that they thrive on people looking at things that displease them, things that make them angry, things that make them sad, things that make them click through that link to see what the Kardashians think they are up to right now. Because it's all about the clicks and it's all about the ads and it's all about the money. And I'm sorry, I love social media, but that does not mean that we need to be powerless victims amongst it all. Because the algorithm also listens to us. It's just how it works. It shows us more of what we engage with. It shows us more articles by the Daily Mail about micro-influencers if we click on them. It shows us more comment sections that sends us into frenzy if it knows that we'll spend half an hour typing out, deleting, typing out, deleting the perfect response to bigots. It just shows us more of what we're drawn to. And so if we can step into social media with a really proactive attitude and with the mindset that I'm in charge, let's wrangle and untangle this algorithm and turn it into something beautiful, we can do it. I know because I have. So here are some of my rules around that. The first one is no hate following, no hate checking. I don't like putting a name to it because hate following sounds so juvenile, but the truth is that whether we follow them or we look at their page more often than we should, there is probably a person, an organization, an ex-partner Someone in our lives that we do a little stalky stalk on when we know that it just makes us feel bad. And even if it makes us feel good in the moment, it's really easy to be checking in on that person or that company or that thing way more often than we should and starting to levy our own happiness in the online world and in the offline world on how their life is going. Stop it. My love, truly. I am looking you in the eye right now. Just stop it. Imagine how much room there would be in your life if you spent that five minutes a day doing something else. And when I say five minutes a day, that might not be a five minute scroll, but it's a five minute little brain turnover that that person is taking up that they really don't deserve to. The best way to not hate follow or hate check And again, those terms aren't perfect, but they do exist. Is to block, is to unfollow, is to mute, is to make it as hard for you to access those spaces as you possibly can. There's a particular group of people that have stirred up some drama in my life over the last few years, and I have them blocked on all of my accounts. And while very occasionally I will still have a little look in and see how they're going because I'm only human. You're only human. It's okay. I understand. It does make it that much harder to get to them to go onto my private Instagram account, to go to my blog list, to unblock them, and to click on their page. And at some point in that process, I usually find myself getting the ick at my actions and stop. You can do it too. Alongside hate following or hate checking is the truth that comparison is the thief of joy. You could have a moment in your life or a product or a project or an idea that is the most beautiful thing you have ever come up with. And it is only going to remain the most beautiful thing if you do not compare it to anything else. We live in a culture where comparison is inevitable. We grew up with magazines comparing red carpet dresses and people's television careers. We're compared to other students in schools. We're compared to our siblings and our friends and so it feels normal but it also feels awful. So while on one side of the coin we have being in control of the content you consume from people or around ideas that you don't agree with and that stirs up something hot and angry inside of you, on the other side of the coin we have being aware of consuming content from people that we look up to or from lifestyles that we aspire to, or from places that we would love to be. And it's up to you whether you would like to mute those people, not just anyone that you admire, but people that actively make you feel a little bit worse about your life, pages that make you feel like you're not where you should be, content that's meant to inspire you but makes you feel a million miles behind, you can choose to mute it. You can choose to take a break. You can choose to unfollow, or you can make sure that you're checking in with yourself as you consume that content. Because as we spoke about in the mindful minute, you know that the things that you post online aren't the full story. So, of course, you know objectively that the things that they post online aren't the full story either. And it can be really easy to lose sight of that when everything's packaged up in a neat little box and pushed your way. But making social media a happy place is not only about not engaging. It's not only about blocking and muting and all of that stuff because, I don't know, that feels pretty negative to me. It's also about finding your space. So there are so many happy, wholesome, kind, wonderful spaces online if you go looking for them. You could end up on Interior Design Instagram You could end up on self-love, Facebook, seeing articles and posts and things from groups that make you feel brand new. You could end up on gardening talk or seeing baby ducks on every platform that you're on. Wholesome social media does exist, and as we mentioned at the top, it's just about telling the algorithm loudly and clearly with a long push of your screen and a click on the not interested button that you actually don't want to see things about war and about poverty today, or that you do want to see things about war and poverty, but you'd like to see them in a way that feels constructive and helpful and educational and not clickbaity or designed to drive despair. If you want to see more videos about fluffy cows, watch videos about fluffy cows all the way through. Join Facebook groups based around beautiful photos of the beach or recipes passed down from grandmothers. And if you're a creator of any kind and you want your space to feel happy and safe and comfortable, not only for you, but for the other people that exist there, Side note, that is exactly what my space feels like and I am so glad for it. Please know that your online space is your home and that if someone walked into your home, picked up a vase off the table and flung it on the ground while saying horrible things about you or about other humans or, you know, all the things you can think of that exist on the internet, you're allowed to push them out the door. You're allowed to delete their comments. You're allowed to block them. This is your space. This is your home. There is, of course, a difference between being held accountable and between drilling down and looking at your words and if they reflect what you truly think and of escorting the rowdy, rude person far, far away from your happy place. Because the thing that I've learned is if someone comments on one of your posts with a really ugly attitude... The algorithm thinks, oh, this person with a terrible worldview really likes this post. They liked it enough that they commented on it. Let's show more people like that. They'll probably like this post too. And then all of a sudden, your comment section is full of the not wholesome stuff. Nip it at the bud. Let what you post find your people. Pour a little bit of love and time into yourself. It is self-care to curate an online space that feels good for you. And remember that you are in control of what you consume. Part two, let's talk about how to create online. So I know we touched on it just then with how to make your creative space a happy one, be you a business or a content creator or someone that likes to post photos of their brekkie every now and then. Look, I have a complicated relationship with the word influencer. I feel like I hear people in my local community, which is very much tourism-based, call influencers influenzas because we are annoying and flu-like, but they always seem to bring me in on the joke. It always seems to be, oh, no, but not you, but it is my job title. I am technically what you would call an influencer. I much prefer the term content creator. I'm not out here trying to influence anyone. I make videos and I take photos. Sometimes they've got things by brands in them. If those products or those brands are things that I love and recommend. And if you love them too, beautiful. If you don't, all good. I'm creating the content. I'm not trying to sway you. I'm not trying to manipulate you. I'm very, very grateful to do what I do, even with all of the mess that's wrapped up in the title. My first piece of advice for you if you are thinking about promoting your business online or becoming a content creator as well is just bloody do it. I think that's the second time I've used the word bloody in this episode and it's because I am serious, good human. Just bloody do it. Honestly, uh, there's going to be an episode on running a business or starting a business in a few episodes time and spoiler alert that's pretty much the advice there as well but just start because one of the things that I find holds people back the most is they are so concerned about what people will think of them. They are so worried that people will think it's silly, people will think it's small, people will think they're too big for their boots and the truth is nobody cares like we think that they do. People say to me quite often, especially they did when I would run my social media workshops for small businesses, people would say all the time, I want to speak face to camera, but I'm really scared. I'm really nervous. It's really embarrassing. How do I overcome that? And the anecdote that I tell that just came to me one day and I have stuck with ever since is to imagine that you are walking through a food court in a shopping mall. You've got your food on your tray, maybe it's some delicious Chinese food, maybe it's a sandwich and a drink, maybe it's some tacos and a Coke no sugar, maybe it is time for me to have some lunch. But whatever it is, you're walking through the food court and you trip. You don't trip all the way over, you don't hit the floor, you trip and your drink falls over and it spills on your tray but not on your food and you manage to collect yourself and re-steady yourself and you walk to the table and you sit down and you notice some people smoking because, you know, it was a little bit funny, like you didn't get hurt, you didn't spill anything, but it was a bit of a shock and then it was a bit of a nervous laugh from the people around you. Now to you, mortifying, right? Like really embarrassing. Feels like you're in high school again. Feels like you need to breathe out about a million breaths that are now stuck between your diaphragm and your stomach. You can barely even enjoy your delicious lunch because it really shook you up. Maybe you think about that for the rest of the day. Maybe you think about that before you fall asleep at night. Maybe it feels like the perfect summation of all of the things that are wobbly and wonky about you. But even if people were smiling and laughing, do you really think they thought about it after that moment? Do you really think they went home and sat down with their families, and when it came their turn to share what happened during their day, they said, I saw someone walking through the food court, and they tripped, and they didn't really trip. They stumbled, and their drink fell over, and they corrected themselves, and they sat down, and I didn't even have a chance to get up and help them because they recovered that quickly, but it was so funny and embarrassing, and they should be mortified. No, they are not telling that story, and if they are telling that story... (laughs) I don't want to call anyone boring, but I feel like that's something for them to work through. Their families probably aren't that interested. It's the same thing when you're posting face to camera on your Instagram stories or when you're sharing a TikTok that you had an idea about. Literally, no one cares. I'm so sorry. I know it might feel monumental to you, but it is the smallest blip in somebody's day and again, if they are truly the sort of person that's going to share that on with other people, that is so embarrassing for them. Mortifying. An adult? That's the best they've got. Hmm. A really beautiful progression that I've seen on social media even in the last year is the return of authenticity. And I don't want to say I told you so, but I have been banging on about this for about four years in all of my social media workshops because every time someone stops me in the street, which does occasionally happen, they say, I love that you are the same person in real life as you are on social media. It is so much easier than pretending to be someone you're not. It is so much more fun. It feels so much more relatable and inclusive and you only have to look in 2023 at things like photo dumps, just a quite carefully curated collection of unedited beautiful photos and of apps like Be Real to see that it is finally coming to the fore. So if you're nervous about existing on social media because you don't know who to be there, I would wholeheartedly say just be yourself now given this is the sunshine project and i do like to share some practical tips and tricks that are hopefully solicited i wanted to share with you five of my favorite apps or tools that i use as someone that works full-time on social media and then i'll get into the questions and answers that were asked by you here's some paper here's a pen that was metaphorical i recommend grabbing a paper and pen if you've got one nearby otherwise we'll put these in the show notes none of these are sponsored but they are my five favorites my favorite video editing app that i have used to create content for more than a million people across a few different social media channels now is inshot i use the pro version which is a few dollars a month but it is well worth it it is very easy to use. And I love the feature that lets you extract audio from one video and put it over another. So I use that quite often by downloading TikTok videos, making videos that go with the sound, Pulling both into InShot, extracting the sound from the TikTok video and laying it over my video to make sure that the beats line up with my cuts or my mouth lines up with the words or just super handy and helpful. It means that I can edit my videos off of the TikTok app or the Instagram app and end up with a higher quality product that I can share everywhere. The next one that I use all of the time is VSCO. Now, I don't edit my videos anymore, as in I don't edit the colors. I don't color grade my videos because I did find that it affected the video quality. But VSCO can be used for video editing. And I also use it to color correct all of my photos. I used to use Lightroom um, for a really long time, actually, on all of my Instagram photos. But These days, I would say about 90% of the time, I just pop a VSEO filter on it really lightly just to, you know, bring up the shadows if I take a photo in a really shady space or really boost that sunset glow, if that's the vibe. It's quick. It's easy. There's a great free version. Lots of the time now, I'll pop out photos without anything on them. But if I do ever edit or filter or make them black and white, even VSEO is still the one. My third recommendation is Preview App. Now, this one's particularly good if you've got a business or if you are a content creator. Very simple concept. Essentially, it just shows you all of the photos or reels or whatever that you've posted on Instagram previously and lets you pull in your upcoming photos or videos or reels to see how they will sit amongst the rest of it. Is this a necessity? No. Absolutely not. Is it just a nice fun way to keep everything really organized and to keep all of your posts together and to make sure that your feed looks the way you'd like it to? Again, that is not the most important thing where we are right now, but I think it's a nice one to have up your sleeve. Four out of five is the Milkshake app. So this is an Australian app and it's used to break down all of your different links in your bio and send people to any of the places you want to send them. Historically, Instagram only let you put one link in your bio. I think it does a few now, but Milkshake is essentially like a mini website with all of the links that you need right there in it. It provides some really good stats, it is very pretty, it's very user-friendly, it is free, again, and I think one of my favourite things about it is I have noticed some of the other sort of Linktree Canva websites, which have been really good for a really long time, some of them periodically send up an alert and warn people that they're leaving Instagram and ask if they're being led to a treacherous place, and I've never had that happen with Milkshake. And I've saved the fifth recommendation for last because I know it's going to be divisive. But my fifth recommendation, if you, you know, are really set on making a career online especially, is having an iPhone and as with all the other recommendations they're not paying me to say this but the reason that I recommend an iPhone for social media creation is because depending on your market there's a good chance that a majority of your customers or your consumers or your viewers or your audience or your friends i probably using iphone and they can tell which is not your fault it's just iphone and android not playing nicely together but they can tell when you're using an android to create your content because the quality is much lower on their screens i understand it's not lower on your screen if you've got an android i understand the photo of the moon looks beautiful and detailed but it just does not translate as well as it does iphone to iphone or even iPhone to Android. And with so much content out there, it is quite important to be putting out things that are good quality, that are easy to watch and easy to read, And lots of the apps and interfaces and things like that that are made for social media are also made primarily for the Apple ecosystem. So while I recommend just the best iPhone that you can afford and second to that, I recommend looking for a secondhand iPhone, I always buy a new phone and then I sell the one that I don't need anymore and make most of my money back. So it's kind of like a one in one out situation makes them a lot more affordable. Maybe my recommendation is just the best phone you can afford at the moment. And if you've got a business or an ABN that you file tax for, or I don't know what that is in other countries, but if you file your taxes and you can claim things, ask your accountant or give it a Google. I can claim all of my non tax, so it doesn't really become an expense. It becomes a write-off and I don't know, I just enjoy social media a lot more from the best phone that I can. And given I spend so much time there, It's nice to enjoy it. And that, my love, was part one of our social media chat. I loved delving into it with you and I'm going to be delving into things with you even further. a couple of days where we are going to do a little q a session hopefully the first of many i'm going to answer a bunch of questions that you have asked about social media and how i exist there and we're going to talk about disconnecting as well i can't wait i love you good human i will speak to you then